0: Welcome to the Gathering Church. My name is John Mark Redwine. I'm the lead pastor. Thank you so much for joining us today. No matter how you're doing that, whether you're in one of our Gather homes watching together with a couple people this today, or, or whether you're watching at home and uh, online, we, we're just so honored that you're with us and we're so glad that you're here. Thank you for tuning in. I want to remind you about a couple of big things that are coming up before we get started. First, Next weekend, we want to give away 200 bags of groceries to families that need them in our community, and we want you to help. Join us in blessing our community. Come pick up a bag or a couple of bags of groceries and drop them off for somebody that you know. It could be a friend or a neighbor or a family member. Could be a stranger, could just be somebody that you go and you just drop off this bag. It'll be one bag that has a meal and some basic staples in it. and We just want to be able to bless people in this way. And so uh, join us in this. Let's give people one less thing to worry about. And you can sign up and let us know how many bags you want on our website. And if you need a bag for your home, just sign up for it on that website and come pick that up. As well that'll be next Saturday at uh, uh, 11 a.m right at Seacoast Asheville 123 Sweeten Creek Road well the following weekend on Saturday we want to buy you lunch we just want to buy you lunch no strings attached no 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 ulterior motives we just want to be able to bless you to give you some Christian chicken to be able to smile at you with our eyes and behind our masks and let you know that we care about you. And so we're going to have a drive-through set up here at the Seacoast Church parking lot at 123 Sweeten Creek Road at 11 a.m. that Saturday the 15th. You can just drive through and get a meal for you and for your family. Um, it's going to be first come, first served. So sign up on our website uh, or you can just take the risk and come that Saturday and see if, uh, if we've got one for you. And finally, In just a couple more weeks beyond that, the following Saturday, we want to serve you. We want to do some small serve projects all over our city. Our hope is to be able to just partner with you. And then just listen, don't be embarrassed and think, well, I don't have a huge need. We just want to be able to serve you a little bit. If your grass hadn't been cut in a few weeks and, and honestly you just don't know when you're going to have the time to do it, let us come cut your grass for you. If you've got too many weeds in the bed that you need pulled out of there, come let somebody pull some weeds for you. Whatever your projects are, let us come serve you a little bit because we just want to get out together and serve one another a little. And so whatever your projects are, you can go on our website uh, and sign up for a project and then we'll check those out. We'll evaluate them and let you know if it's something we can do. And then if you want to serve on that Saturday, then go ahead go to our website, and there's another form that you can sign up just to serve. We want to keep groups to be groups of two or three so that we can minimize risk and keep everybody safe. And so if you have an idea of who you want to serve with, just go and and fill. There's a blank at that form where you can let us know who that is, but they need to fill out a form as well, and we'll make sure you guys get to serve together. We're just excited to, to spend some time in the month of August just serving people we just we miss each other and we we be, we believe that the best way we can connect and be community creators right now is just to serve one another and so we'll be serving one another and we hope that you partner with us in that well today is the first day of 21 days of prayer 21 days of prayer starts today August 2nd and uh, I'm so excited for us to start this season of prayer, I believe that prayer is the thing that we need the most right now. In fact, I believe that in the whole life of our church, there hasn't been a 21 days of prayer that has been as important, as needed, as timely, and with as much of a, of a potential for miracles to happen as right now in this season. I believe God wants to move in your life through 21 days of prayer this year. I believe He wants to give you revelation. I believe that He wants to wake you up. I believe He wants to re-energize you in this season of prayer. And so we are so excited to be starting 21 days of prayer. Join us online either at live.gatherashville.org or on Instagram or Facebook Live for a prayer prompting every day starting tomorrow, Monday morning, uh, at 6.45 a.m. Those will go live at 6.45 a.m., but then for the next 24 hours, you can find those on either of those three spots, and you can tune in and just commit to pray with us. Just commit over the next 21 days, every single day, to pray, to seek God in prayer, and to, to-, to tune in and join us on those prayer promptings where you can learn what we're praying about that specifically that day, and, and be a part of what our community is doing. We are so excited for this. I can't wait to get it started with you on Monday morning, and so join us in 21 days of prayer. And then on Saturday at 9 a.m., we'll be broadcasting a live prayer service from Seacoast Church. For this first one, we're going to broadcast it, bring it right to your living room, and we want you to be a part of that as well, and then uh, and we'll see where it goes from there. Well, today we're starting a series called Choose Joy. Choose joy. A couple weeks ago, my friend Pastor Mitch Lunsford of Piedmont Chapel brought us an incredible word about the source of joy and finding joy in this season. And what I feel like is that this is a topic that needs more than just one week in a season like this. I think this has been a hard season to find joy. And so for the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about some real practical ways that we can choose joy even in a season like this one. Choose joy. Can I confess something? I've been walking around with a spirit of heaviness for a while now. I shared that in a message a few weeks ago. I was talking about Elijah and a season he had that was difficult, and that was just straight out of my heart. I've, I've had this spirit of of heaviness upon me for a while, but today I'm surrendering surrendering my spirit of heaviness for a spirit of joy. Will you join me in that? Can we surrender our spirit of heaviness for a spirit of joy in this season? One of my favorite passages of scripture is Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 4. At the Gathering Church, we believe God has a very simple spiritual pathway that He wants us to follow, that we might know God, find freedom, discover our purpose, and make a difference. And we see that pathway all throughout Scripture. In fact, I know that it's God's divine plan for us because I can see it all over the Bible. And one of the places where it's most clear is in this passage, Isaiah 61, and this is what I want to open with today. It says this, the, the spirit of the sovereign The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Um, Jesus read this out loud in front of a church in Luke chapter four, and he said that that's actually talking about him. And so he's talking about the spirit is on him. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. Gospel means good news. And that news is that we are able to know God because of what he's done for us. Know God. Uh, He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Find freedom Uh, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion and to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, and the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, and they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. God wants us to discover our purpose so that we can stand proud, unshakable like a mighty oak tree, aware of why we are here, what we are made to do, why we are called to do it, and to stand firm in that purpose. And then it says, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. And they will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. We will make a difference in our communities. God is so good. That passage is a sermon all by itself. It'll preach, won't it? I could just read that passage to be done, say we did it. Congratulations. Go on now. Have a great Sunday. But instead, I want to focus just on verse 3 today. Verse 3, it says, he wants to give you joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that this is what God wants for you? Even right now, in this season, with all the mess that it it entails, do you believe that God wants to give you joy instead of mourning? And a garment of praise instead of your spirit of despair? See, I know that this season has been filled with things to mourn. But I need you to know that your God is not a God who ignores your suffering. He sees you and he sees your pain and he wants to bring joy into your moment of mourning right now. And he wants to bring praise into this moment of despair. I believe that the enemy is sending a spirit of despair to attempt to steal this year from you. But listen to me, God is prepared with a garment of praise instead. This is who he is. And in this series, we're going to talk about that and about who he is and his nature. And we're going to talk about how, instead of those things that the enemy has prepared for us, we can choose joy instead. Choose joy, because I believe that joy is a choice. It's not just something you feel. Mitch said a couple weeks ago that uh, happiness is circumstantial, but joy is unshakable. Our choices lead and our feelings follow. Our choices lead and our feelings follow. When we learn to choose joy, we will begin to feel happiness. Are you with me? Paul went through hardship after hardship. The Apostle Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, this great writer of the Bible. We've been talking about him a lot over the last few months because he's very relatable to seasons like this one because he lived through so many seasons like this one. In 2 Corinthians 6, verse 10, he said that he was sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, poor, yet making many rich, having nothing, yet possessing everything. We can experience the hurt of this season without letting it steal our joy. I believe there are four choices we can make that will result in joy, even during these crazy times. I'll talk about a different choice every single week. But today, as we open 21 days of prayer, I'm going to talk about the first choice that we need to make in order to choose joy. And that is to choose prayer. 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 I believe the first step in us being able to absolutely choose joy in a season like this one is to choose joy. Prayer. I want to talk about prayer today and how important prayer is and how prayer is absolutely linked to our ability to have joy in a season like this one. Prayer. We need to pray first. If you want your joy back, it's going to begin in prayer. Paul uh, wrote Philippians. We're going to be studying Philippians chapter four today. And really today, I just want to look through this this passage in Philippians chapter four and see what Paul has for us. Because Paul, he, he's so amazing to me because of what he went through, but the things that he said. He wrote this passage from prison. He was imprisoned in Rome, awaiting his, what, what could have been his death sentence. He didn't know it was very likely that he was soon to meet his end. Before that, he had been through multiple beatings. He had been whipped in the same way that Jesus was whipped before Jesus went to the cross. He had been stoned nearly to death. He had been arrested many times. He had even been shipwrecked, shipwrecked. I mean, the guy couldn't catch a break before all of this. And so Paul, as he's writing the book of Philippians, Paul knows what it is to live through a crisis. You know, we keep I keep hearing the phrase in this season, these unprecedented times. We're living in unprecedented times. And just I I, got to be honest with you. These are not unprecedented times. There is a lot of precedent for the times we are in. In fact, all of human history is littered with difficult moments, just like the one that we're living in. We are not alone in this. And Paul knew what it was like to live in a crisis like the one that we're living in. And he writes Philippians chapter 4 from that perspective. And it gives a little bit more, um, a little bit more punch to the advice that he gives us as he gives his, one of his final words of advice in this letter. He says in in verse 4 of chapter 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. You know, the Greek word for rejoice is kairo, and it means to have joy. Have joy. You could say, have joy. In the Lord always. I'll say it again because you aren't listening. Have joy. I know you are in crisis, but don't let your frustration be evident to all. Instead, let your gentleness, your kindness, your peace be evident to all. For the Lord is near. I used to think that prayer was the act of bringing God closer to me. Holy Spirit, come close to me. I used to believe that way. Pray that way, but in studying Scripture, I see passages like this that remind me the Lord is near. And I have discovered the truth that prayer doesn't bring heaven any closer to me, it brings me closer to heaven. It doesn't bring God closer to me, it brings me closer to God because God is steadfast. He is always near, He doesn't move. I am the one who moves. Paul tells us to have joy even in a moment of crisis, and then he connects it to prayer. Paul goes on in this passage to say five different things that prayer can do for us, and that's all I want to study today as we learn to have joy in the Lord always. First thing, the first thing that prayer can do for us as we learn to choose joy is prayer replaces worry. Prayer replaces worry. I know some of you are worried today. In fact, I know most of us are worried today. I've been worried in this season, worried about a lot of things, worried about getting sick, worried about money, worried about my kids and how this season is going to change them and impact them. I've been worried, and I know that you've been worried as well. Paul says this in Philippians 4, verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition." Present your request to God. In the message version, it says it this way. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Prayer replaces worry. He says, don't worry, pray. Worry says, how will I get through this? Prayer says, God will get me through this. There's a difference. It's time for us to shape our worries into prayers. Let God know what it is that you're worried about. When you surrender those things to Him, you are acknowledging that He's bigger than whatever it is you've been worried about. Worry doesn't help anyone. I think we're in this moment where there is is more to worry about than ever before. You name it, there is a reason to worry about it. And we spend this energy in this time. I get in these cycles where I just keep, I keep refreshing the news app on my phone, just waiting for that top five to change. I'm like, what is the next horrible thing that this is going to say? You know, what's next? Murder Was There's shark attacks this week all over the place. I'm reading about a shark attack every day. I'm like, it's not even shark week yet. The sharks are biting everybody. There is something to worry about every moment. Every moment it changes and i've done a lot of worrying about those things i have i have worried about the virus i have worried about politics i have worried about misinformation i've worried about sharks i've worried about murder hornets i've worried about some body they found somewhere that what in the world's going on we're still doing there's murders there's, we're still writing about murders right now there's a lot of and i've been worried about all these things and here's what i've learned all the time that i've spent worrying about these things hasn't changed any of those things all the time that I've spent worrying about these things hasn't changed my ability to respond to any of those things. In fact, Jesus says it this way in Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? I wish that at my news app, at the top of that, of that app, I could just have that permanently emblazoned. Could any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Worry doesn't help. And so instead of worrying, pray. I wonder what might happen if instead of worrying, we brought it to God in prayer. Learn to trust God with it. The thing that we worry about the most often reveals the thing we trust God with the least. What is it for you? I wonder, what is the thing that dominates your worries? Is it money? Is it your health? Is it your relationships? Is it your family? What what, what one thing is dominating your worry more than anything else? I find that often the thing we worry about the most is the thing we trust God with the least. What if instead of letting our minds wonder, what can I do? What will I do? What will happen if we just said, God, I'm worried about this thing. And so I'm going to turn it over to you. I'm going to turn my worries into prayer and hand it to you. Prayer replaces worry. We've got to start to trust God with it and, and give Him control over it. And that's the second thing that prayer can do. Prayer relinquishes control. Prayer relinquishes control. I'm a comic book movie guy. I love comic book movies. And the Dark Knight series was some of the greatest comic book movies of all time. And in The Dark Knight Rises, the third movie, there's this bad guy named Bane. And Bane is this huge hulking dude, and he's this awesome fighter. And Bane, in the first part of the movie, he's working for this uh, corporate bad guy that's kind of this weaselly little corporate bad guy with some evil corporate motives. And, And Bane is working for him, but all of a sudden Bane starts going rogue, starts doing whatever he wants, and the corporate villain is like, hey, You work for me, you're supposed to do what I want you to do, you're supposed to listen to me, I'm I'm in control. And Bane, this huge dude, he walks over and he sets his hand on the little guy's shoulder and he goes, do you feel in control? (laughs) I think a lot of us are that corporate villain right now. We thought we were in control of our lives, of our finances, of the world around us. And now the coronavirus, like Vane, has got his hand. Maybe the Batman reference isn't working for you. Don't worry about it. I got a sea story. I got a sea story. I was in the Coast Guard for about nine years. And in the beginning of that time, I spent some time on a ship at sea. I learned something about control while I was on a ship at sea. You see, in calm seas... A sailor tends to think he's in control of the sea. He harnesses it and makes his ship go wherever he wants, using the water as his own highway. But then a storm comes. And when a storm comes, in an instant, the sailor is reminded that all he ever had was the illusion of control. See, the sea is vast and wild, and when it turns, all a sailor can do is follow the seas to stay afloat. When our lives are good and things are smooth, we tend to think we are in control. And so we try to control things. We hold on tight. Maybe in good seasons, we don't pray as much because we don't feel like we need to. We think, I've got this. I'm in control. Things are all right. But then a storm comes. Right now, we are in the middle of a category five hurricane. Pandemic, social unrest, economic failure. And now we're trying to control whatever we can and it's all breaking down. Paul goes on in this passage, Philippians 4, 6 and 7. He says, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Whatever it is that's been weighing you down, that you've been trying to control, it's time to bring it to God. Present it to Him and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. As we enter this 21 days of prayer, let me encourage you to focus this week on releasing control. You never had it in the first place. It's time to release control, relinquish your control, and present your request to God. Give it to God, and in return, His peace will fill you up. Give your soul a chance to breathe. I think you should set a habit of releasing control to God that you carry with you into calm seas as well. You see, this season is going to change us. No doubt about it. Things are going to be different on the other side. It's going to affect us. It's going to affect our children. It's going to affect things. But I wonder if one of the positive ways that it affects and changes you could be that you learn in this great storm that we are in that control isn't yours to hold on to. What if instead of only praying when the things start to fall apart around you, we developed a habit of prayer and releasing control that we took with us out of this season and into a better one that will follow? I believe that prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. God will always accept you coming to Him as your last resort, but your heart will have a far greater peace for the storms if you turn to Him as your first response, prayer is our first response, not our last resorts. Give control to Him. First Peter five seven says, "Cast your cares upon Him, for He cares for you." It's time to trust Him with it. Number three is this: prayer regulates our thinking. Prayer regulates our thinking. There is a war being fought in the spiritual right now, for your thoughts. The battle is real and it is nasty. Your thoughts right now are largely being controlled by what you allow into your mind. Media, social media, the input of others. And for many of us, our thoughts are running wild with all kinds of division, anger, resentment, paranoia, and fear. There is a way to change that. It might be time in this season of prayer to regulate your intake. More prayer and more scripture and more worship and less media of every kind. Maybe it would benefit you to take a week or or maybe even all three weeks of this 21 days of prayer to fast from those kinds of things. I don't think you'll miss much. If a cure comes out, somebody will tell you. Until then, all you're going to find is more division and confusion and frustration. More prayer, more scripture, more worship, on the other hand, are going to bring you peace and wisdom and grace and comforts. Paul goes on in Philippians 4.8, he says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I believe now is a good time to replace some of the fear and worry and doom in our hearts with things that are lovely and true and excellent and praiseworthy. And being able to do that starts in prayer. And studying Scripture, I think those things go hand in hand. You speak to God in Scripture. You speak to God in prayer and you let Him speak to you in Scriptures. Prayer can regulate our thinking. And I believe that's something all of us need deeply right now. Colossians 3.2 says, Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. I know there is a lot of things we need to understand and study about the season that we're in. There's a lot of information we do need. there's a lot that we don't. And I think now, during this 21 days of prayer, is a wise time for us to take a step back and say, what has dominated my thinking more, the things of earth or the things of heaven? And if the answer is the things of earth, and maybe for you, this has been just a hard season to connect in prayer. I understand. Maybe the longer you've been disconnected from the church physically, the harder it's been for you to engage God physically. And I understand that, and that is why I'm so excited that we are entering into this 21 days of prayer right now. I believe this is kind of a moment for you to re-up, to re-energize, to say, "God, I give my time to you, my energy to you, my thoughts to you, and I want you to reset my thought process. I don't want all the doom and gloom for a minute, God. I just need your hope and your peace and the glory that you are bringing. And so I want to think less about the things of earth for a few weeks and more about the things of heaven. Here's what I believe will happen. I believe your heart will begin to change. I believe the bitterness and fear that has been controlling you in this season will melt away, will be stripped away, and instead the things of God will come through. It's time to devote ourselves in this moment to prayer. And think more about the things of heaven than the things of earth. Fourth thing prayer reveals contentment. Prayer reveals contentment. In seasons of instability, often our anxiety comes from thinking about all the things we could lose. I know that it. it I I am a very routine person. Like I like things the way I like them. I I mean, if if my kids have messed with the order of the things on my nightstand during the day, when I get home from work, I'll notice it immediately. And I will need to fix that before I can move on with my day. My clock needs to be at a 45. Occasionally I'll get home and that's at a 90 or it's facing outward. And I'm, guys, I mean, come on, this thing's got to be at a 45 degree. I'll get in there and I'll fix that angle. I like things the way that they are. And this has been a season of great change. We've lost a lot. Uh, We've lost stability. The things that we we can't do is getting bigger and bigger every day, and that's been difficult. However, I think often uh, in a season of instability, we begin to obsess over the things we could lose or have lost. We become terrified of losing our current level of financial security or our comfort. Our routines, we worry about losing our cars or our homes. We're terrified of losing other things. But in prayer, we come before God and say, You are the one who sustains me. If I lose everything else, even my health, God is my portion. As the psalmist says in Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. In prayer, we find contentment in sweet moments with God, I believe if you'll start your day in a sweet moment with God, He will put contentment in your heart that you didn't know was available to you. Philippians 4.12, Paul goes on, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in wants, this may not come to you right away. I know it sounds crazy to think that you could know what it means to feel content, even if you lose everything in this season. Some people are and have and are losing everything in this season. I know that. But I believe they could still have the contentment that comes from God because He is our portion. He is what we need. The closer you get to God, the less you want or need draw near to him in prayer over these 21 days and every day after and he will draw near to you and he will give you a contentment that does not make sense to the world around you all you need to do is pray and finally the last thing is this five prayer relies on God when I'm in seasons where I'm not praying maybe you've been there maybe again it's it's been a weird season Maybe your prayer life has been one of the things to fall by the wayside in this moment. When I'm in a moment like that and I'm not praying, I am 100% relying on me. It's up to me to get through the day. It's up to me to pull myself up by my bootstraps. It's up to me to provide for my family. It's up to me to care for this church. It's up to me to have the right advice when somebody asks, oh, it's up to me. It's up to me. It's up to me. I can feel such a big difference. The days where I wake up and I say, God, today it's up to you. Everything from this moment on, when my kids wake up, when my wife says good morning, every moment from here on, God, is up to you. It's not up to me. You are the one who is going to provide for me and my family. You are the one who is going to care for your church. You are the one that is going to care for me in, in moments of fear. You are the one that comforts me. I rely on you. Prayer helps us to rely on God. In every area where I have a need, I know that my God can provide. In every area that I am afraid, I know that my God can give me peace. In every area where I am anxious, I know that my God can offer me comfort. And in every moment of heaviness, I know that my God can bring me joy. Verse 13, and I can do all of this Through him who gives me strength. Maybe you felt weak in this season. I have felt weak in this season. Today I feel strong because I woke up this morning and I met with the one on whom I can rely, who will care for me, and I gave it to him. Proverbs 16 20 says, Those who trust in the Lord will be joyful. Isn't that good? Those who trust in the Lord will be joyful. You can have joy in this season. I'm not saying that you're going to have everything that makes you happy return to you. That your, your job's coming back or the things you've lost will be returned. They, they may not. But you can be joyful in this season if you can learn to rely on Him who richly provides. On the God who cares for you. Who sees you. Who saw this moment coming in your life. Whose heart is broken for you. Who has done everything in His power. To bring you home to him. If you trusted him. You can have joy again. Joy again. So I am going to trust him even in this season. I promise you. Prayer can do all of this and more. It can change you. It can transform you. Prayer changes everything. There is not one practice in all of your life. That will give you greater benefit. Than a daily practice of prayer. Church Please. Just look at me for a moment. Nothing in your life will give you greater benefit than a daily habit of prayer. Partner with us for the next 21 days. Just start here. Commit to it. Pray with us. And this season of pain and difficulty could be a greater season of growth than you've ever walked through before. I know that seems crazy because we love mountaintop experiences, don't we? Oh, we love a mountaintop experience. We love it. I, I know we live around a lot of mountains and so maybe you know what it feels like to have worked hard for miles going uphill and finally you break through the trees and there's that view and, and you, get to, you feel so accomplished inside. You get to rest and it all just feels so amazing. That mountaintop high is unlike any other. It keeps you coming back for more, and for more. Maybe this past March, you started out with a mountaintop moment. You worked hard for something, maybe spiritually, maybe at work, and things were finally feeling really amazing. You were happy. You felt satisfied. But then this pandemic hit, and now you're all the way back down in the valley. I know that's hard. It's hard to be in the valley when you would rather be having a mountaintop experience. Maybe you felt like you've been in the valley for far too long. But you know, I've noticed as I'm driving around, there aren't too many farms on top of mountains. When I drive around, I don't see it. I don't see people planting seed way up at the top of the mountain. In fact, all I see up there is rocks and some sparsely scattered trees. The farms are in the valleys because things don't grow on mountaintops. They grow in valleys. This valley that we are in right now is going to help you grow in more ways than any mountaintop experience ever could the mountaintop becomes the motivation but the valley is where we grow we are in a valley right now and i know it's a big one and we can't see the other side it feels like we're in a valley with no mountains around it anymore there's nothing but valley when will it get better i don't know when it will get better but i know that right here in this moment commit yourself to prayer And you can grow more here than you ever have in your entire life. And the you on the other side of this valley is going to be a far better you than the you who began it. We can do this, church. God will change things. You can have joy again. I promise you can have joy again. But the first choice, always, is to choose prayer. So if you're here, if you're a part of our service today, and you... You haven't made that first, first choice. Maybe for you, you've you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus, and you've never even experienced the kind of joy we're talking about here today. Well, I want you to know there's good news, because God has a simple pathway for you to follow, just like we started with, that you might know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and begin to make a difference. And if you're ready to start that journey today, all you have to do is say this prayer and enter into this relationship today. Just close your eyes right where you are and say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I want to know you, God. I don't want to know about you. I don't want to hear the stories anymore. I want to know you. I want to speak to you. I want to hear your voice. And so forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for the mistakes that I've made. And I ask today, God, that you would come into my heart, that you would forgive me and I give all that I am to you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen.